Good evening, everybody. My name is Rana Ayub. I am publishing my writings, my reports, and today is probably my first attempt at a podcast um, on my Substack. Today, I'm going to talk about religious intolerance in India, especially after United States report on interreligious freedom has called out uh, the attack and the intolerance on people and places of worship in India. India, in return, has lashed out at the UN at the US report, calling it an attempt to please its vote bank. Now, that's a language that very often the right wing in India, right wing trolls, especially in India, use for the opposition and use for secular parties where they accuse them of pandering to vote banks, often converted or often read as religious minorities in India. Specifically, it's, it's probably the first time that Secretary Blinken has orally spoken about India. He said, and I quote, For example, in India, the world's largest democracy and home to a great diversity of faiths, we have seen rising attack on people and places of worship. He has mentioned India along with other countries like Vietnam, Nigeria and Afghanistan. Again, another Another remark by U.S. Ambassador at Large for International Religious Freedom, Mr. Rashad Hussain, who said, India, in India, some officials are ignoring or even supporting rising attacks on people and places of worship. Now, this is something that I'm going to discuss today, uh, especially when I and many other journalists in India over the last few weeks have been subjected to some of the worst online attacks by Hindu nationalists, um, who call themselves custodians and nationalists of and nationalists from the country and custodians of faith? They have given explicit rape and death threats after I posted about um, the BJP national spokesperson, Mr. Narendra Modi's spokesperson, Nupur Sharma, um, speaking about Prophet Muhammad in an insulting manner on a national news channel, where she accuses him of having sex with a nine-year-old. And that, of course, has led to a deluge of hate against me and many other journalists who I'll speak about in great detail. But first, this report on religious freedom in the world. Why India? The world's largest democracy. Why India? As I have mentioned in many of my reports in the Washington Post, where I write as the global opinions writer over the years, as many other writers and journalists from India who are documenting and bearing witness have said, it is a nightmare to be a Muslim in India. The 220 million Muslims in India are literally living a nightmare every day when each day when they when they wake up in the morning, it's an assault on the religious identity. When Muslims are not being uh, lynched on the street for their dietary habits, on, on, alleged, on, on allegations of consuming beef, uh, when Muslim women are not being humiliated for wearing the hijab, when Muslims are not segregated by the Citizenship Amendment Act and the and the National Register of Citizens for being, uh, you know, their 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 existence is being delegitimized when they are being threatened with a uniform civil code that could have possible repercussions on their um, on their religious freedom, on on their acts of worship. This is an everyday assault. Every day in India, you would assume that India would talk about rising unemployment. Indian news channels would talk about rising inflation. Uh, Indian economy being a mess. But no, every day in India, mainstream news channels are issuing dog whistle against Muslim minorities, where they humiliate where the, the Muslim 
uh, population. Just two days ago, I was listening to this uh, mainstream Hindi news channel, which is which is probably watched by millions of Indians. And I the the news anchor said that it is because of journalists like us who have been talking about the Ayodhya movement that the Ayodhya temple was given its its due respectability and which is why we will do the same with the Gyan Vyapi and other mosques in India. Now, to those who are not aware, she was referring to um, the demolition of the Babri Masjid in 1992, which was itself called a criminal act by the Supreme Court of India, uh, a mosque which was demolished by Hindu nationalists in 1992 that led to nationwide, um, uh, that led to a nationwide carnage. Um, and later, Two years ago, Narendra Modi um, said uh, has has basically placed the foundation stone uh, for the temple. So, uh, so news anchors in India are taking credit for that for for a temple now in place of a mosque, and they are saying that they are doing the same thing for the Gyan Vyapi Mosque, a mosque in Uttar Pradesh, which Hindu nationalists are now in court uh, demanding for it to be demolished and for a temple. Um, in its place, where they have said that the uh, that the mosque originally used to be a Shiv temple, they are making similar allegations of various other mosques. A month ago, I was in New York in DC, where I met met members um, in the United States government. Just two days ago, I briefed members of the U.S. State Department on religious freedom and fundamentalism in India, on right wing fundamentalism in India. On my visit to New York and D.C., I met many officials in the government who said to me off the record that India right now is a country of great, great concern to them because there is not a single day when there, is when there isn't a complaint of religious violence, of intolerance from activists, NGOs, journalists um, and people who informed them. They said they, they really have not been able to uh, have a, uh, you know speak up or speak out to Narendra Modi, especially when Biden has met Modi on various occasions, because it treats India as a country of diplomatic interest vis-a-vis vis-a-vis uh, Russia, vis-a-vis China. But they said they are extremely concerned about the rising attacks on Muslims in India. They were also extremely concerned about genocide watch. Uh, putting out a statement that India is at the cusp of a genocide of its 220 million, million Muslim population. And not just one official. I met, I met many, many officials in the White House of the record conversations, um, and all of them had similar concerns. And they all said that they are keeping a watch on India. They were concerned that, uh, that the assassin of Mahatma Gandhi, Nathuram Godse, is being hailed in India as a hero by Hindu nationalists, and that Prime Minister Modi is doing nothing about it. They were concerned also, two days ago when I spoke to State Department officials, they were concerned that Mr. Modi has not put out either tweet or a message to the Indian population to stop this hate crimes against the Muslim against Muslim population in, in India. Why is this report significant and why is it that the Indian government has lashed out at the US report? This is not the first time, mind you. A month ago, Secretary Blinken made a similar statement in the presence of um, our foreign minister, and this, and I remember the next day Indian news channels were talking about racial um, attacks uh, um, in, in the United States, the gun culture. This is not about whose crime is bigger. This is not about, oh, US has no business talking about uh, what's happening in India because they have their own domestic terror issues. No, we are not measuring terror in either countries. 
we are not doing that we are not comparing we are talking about a world power a democratic power talking about religious intolerance in india this is about our this is about an issue that every member of this country needs to be worried about this is this is an issue that everybody in this world in the world that we are living in needs to be worried about because what's happening in india will have consequences in neighboring countries fascism in india will not just be an india centric issue it will have repercussions for the world because if the world's largest democracy goes down under if fascism is the norm of the day then it will have repercussions for the new world order it will have repercussions for people in the world we have seen it has been televised um the last few months the demolition drive in muslim areas uh hindu nationalist hindu supremacists are out giving rape and death threats they're asking for gang rape of muslim women yesterday i put out this instagram post and a twitter and my and a twitter post there are at least 10 instagram handles and these are people with with uh, that are verified handles with with their bios and their photographs and the places that they work giving explicit and graphic rape threats to me and female members of my family they have one of them has also mentioned my address mohammed zubair who is the co-founder of alt news which is one which is a stellar uh, fact checking website in india he has been booked by up police for calling these hindu supremacists who give rape and death threats as hate mongers yes you heard that right this is not the first time mohammed zubair has been booked last year he and i and saba nakwi another muslim journalist were booked by the up police for tweeting about the attack on a muslim man in uttar pradesh whose beard was pulled who was who was beaten mercilessly by a mob and that and something that was reported by every news channel in india something that was reported by every news publication in india but the up police registers an fir against six people three muslim journalists and three muslim twitter handles why why there is a concerted attempt to silence young independent journalists who are speaking up against these hate crimes which have become the new norm in this new india where we live in editors publishers proprietors of some of the top publications in india who this generation of journalists has looked up to has you know they have has held them in great esteem none of them has have spoken up against the attack on journalists in india or against the attack on journalists who are being silenced for reporting on hate crimes in india in fact news channels are giving their platform for dog whistle and genocidal language on their news channels vinit jain the proprietor of the times group he has often spoken about this language of hate that is problematic but where is vinit jain when times now gives a platform to nupur sharma who insults prophet muhammad on his news channel and his news anchor does not even stop in fact exon right wing supremacists on their news channel to speak language of hate prime minister modi who in in his international appearances whenever he goes to various countries always quotes mahatma gandhi he always speaks about the cultural ethos the plural ethos of india but when he is in india he does not say a word 
on this everyday silencing and humiliation of the Indian Muslims. He does not say a word on the attack on the lower caste, the Adivasis and the tribals in India. He does not say a word on the attack on the Christian missionaries, on the attack on Christians in India. He has not said a word on, on, on the death of Father Stan Swami. Now, how many of us are not familiar with Father Stan Swami? He was, he was somebody the Adivasis would look up to. He was jailed. An 84-year-old man was jailed. He was denied a sipper in jail. And when he was out on health grounds, when he was given bail on health grounds, it was too late. He died. He died last year. He died due to our complicity. So when, when the Indian Foreign Ministry take off, takes offense to comments by various state departments on, in the reports on religious freedom, it could take a step back and introspect on what's going wrong because we are building a culture of hate and intolerance in this country. Intolerance to free press, intolerance to pluralism, intolerance to, intolerance to secularism, where pluralism and secularism are seen as some kind of an abusive word, some kind of a slur, where the Hindu population of India is made to feel victims in their own country in absence of any jobs, in absence of giving them infrastructure, in absence of giving them hospitals. This, when when, the large, when a large population in India should have questioned this government about lack of oxygen, the basic, basic thing, a lack of oxygen that led to the deaths and murder of uh, uh, thousands in India. That is not being questioned. When WHO spoke about the death figures in India being 10 times the official figures, India lashed out again saying, these are anti-nationals who are, who are basically out to discredit India, who are out to give India a bad name. Not everybody is out to give a bad name to India. India and Indian government needs to introspect why are we giving ourselves a bad name? Why are we becoming a hell for minorities of all hues? We need to introspect. Thank you so much for listening to me. This is me signing off. It's probably, it's, it is my first attempt at a podcast on my Substack, and I'll, and I would love to hear from you. Um, any feedback, criticism, please keep it civil. And that's, I mean, I would love to hear from you. Um, that's me signing off and thank you so much. And hope I hope you subscribe to our Substack for part breaking journalism and an attempt to speak truth to power in India. Thank you so much.